0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 10, Simple Christmas Traditions to Connect Generations. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Without a doubt, one of the greatest blessings of my life is that I grew up living close to my grandparents. Before I turned eight, we lived just five minutes away from them, and my mom tells the story that when we'd get in the car, immediately, I would say, as a young two-year-old girl, go see kyde clyde was a big stuffed monkey that they had at their house and i wanted to go see kyde every time we got in the car i would sit next to them at church growing up and i remember listening to my grandma sing the alto line in the hymns and i credit her to how i learned how to sing parts so easily at a young age i remember sneaking orange tic tacs out of her purse during those long church meetings And my grandpa entertaining me by playing the dot game with me on his program. He would draw all those little dots in a row, and then we'd each take a turn drawing lines and try to create boxes to see who could make the most. When I was six, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to be in the hospital for three months for a bone marrow transplant. And during that time, we lived with my grandparents on and off, and grew a special bond with them and grew even closer during those times when we were with them and missing our mom we moved to a different town when i was eight but we were still only 30 minutes away from my grandparents and my memories with them are plentiful throughout my whole life especially my memories from the christmas season so that's what got me thinking about them and wanting to have them on my podcast during this special time of year to me Christmas is about family, extended family. In fact, recently, my husband asked me, when are we going to start staying home and having our own little family Christmas? And I said, "Mm, never, (laughs) which that will probably change eventually. But for now, I am more than happy to travel so that my kids can be with their cousins and their grandparents. Sadly, we don't live Five minutes away from either set of our grandparents. We live several hours away from my husband's family, and we live in a different state from my family. So what do we do if we don't live close to grandparents and family like I did growing up? Can we still have strong bonds that connect us? Of course we can. So for today's podcast, it's going to be two parts. First, I'm going to share a bit about my Christmas memories with my grandparents and how we can create similar feelings of closeness for our own children. If we're not lucky enough to have grandparents that are alive, or if those relationships are estranged, I think that these takeaways will work for creating traditions that bind and connect anybody who's important to us in our lives, even if it's just our own immediate families. Then part two of the podcast is a 15-minute interview with my grandparents themselves. They are 88 years old and just about the cutest old people in the world. So I wanted you to get a taste of their goodness, their personalities, their spunk. I think that you'll enjoy meeting two of the people who shaped my life profoundly. But to start off, I'd like to share some of my takeaways for how we can create simple Christmas traditions that will connect generations. And I'd like to emphasize with that, the word simple. This isn't about adding more, more stress, more traditions, more complications. Um, These things can really be simple. So as I thought back to my childhood and what made those Christmases with my grandparents so special, I, I really was trying to figure it out. What was it that made those times so special? And this is what I realized. There were some things that were consistent from year to year. Every single Christmas, as children, we could count on certain things happening. And as an adult, those are the things that I remember and treasure and will pass on to my children. So I thought about that more and I thought, you know, we live in a time where there's so many ideas. We get on Instagram and Pinterest and we see so many great ideas from different people And we can try them and, um, you know, institute them into our families. But we need to have at least a few that are anchors that year after year we come back to. So even if we're throwing in new things and new events and new activities each year, which is great and fine and fun. um, I think if we have anchors that we come back to every single year. That is what will make Christmases memorable and the things that our kids will hang on to and remember when they're grown and that they will perhaps pass on to their children. I thought of three categories that I think fit. And I'll give you some examples from my Christmases with my grandparents in a second. But the three categories are if we can have at least one consistent special food one consistent special gift, and one consistent special activity. So let's start with a food. Uh, My grandma always made orange rolls. Grandma's orange rolls were famous. (laughs) Amongst the grandkids, it's what we looked forward to. The minute that we got to her house for Christmas Eve dinner, it was like, when are the orange rolls coming out? and she would make tray upon tray of orange rolls for us. I think some Christmases I ate about five of those orange rolls, they're delicious. Now that my grandma's older, um, she doesn't always do the cooking for Christmas Eve, uh, but her orange rolls are still made. Somebody makes them, my sister, my aunt. I have to say I haven't done it yet, but I would like to try. That recipe will be passed down through generations. So maybe think about that. The menu may change every year for Christmas or for holidays for you. But is there one food that you would like to be a consistent an anchor? Something that your kids look forward to that they really love? That could become something that they pass down to their children that they talk about, that they remember. Maybe they only get once or twice a year, but it's really, really special to them. I will also include the recipe for my grandma's orange rolls in the show notes, in the links at, um, in this podcast. My second takeaway is to have a consistent special gift. And this can be very small. For example, a Christmas ornament. You could give your kids a different Christmas ornament every year until they're grown. I know some families do this by choosing a Christmas ornament that is specific to the child, like an interest that they have that year Or some milestone that they've reached. And I love that. I've actually aspired to do that for the last several years. But I found that Christmas just gets so busy. The season gets so busy that I never get around to finding that perfect special ornament for my kids. But I would like to. And maybe I will next year. But my grandma's tradition of giving a Christmas ornament every year for Christmas is a little bit different. And I love it because I don't think it was a lot of extra stress or work for her. She didn't choose a different ornament for each grandkid. She had a lot of grandkids. She had 14 grandkids, I think. Instead, she would just get a bunch of Christmas ornaments that she liked. And knowing my grandma, she probably bought a lot of them at after Christmas sales to keep them um, budget friendly. And then on Christmas Eve, she would lay out a whole bunch of beautiful ornaments on a table. And the grandkids would go running downstairs to check out the options for the Christmas ornament gift. We'd look at the table and we'd all kind of spy one that we wanted. But you wouldn't tell anybody because this was the fun, exciting part. Um, grandma would then pull out of a hat some a number of who got to choose first and then who got to choose second and third and fourth. And so you just hoped and prayed that nobody would choose the one that you wanted And now remember, they were all beautiful, so there was lots of great options for all of us. I'm sure that there were some tears and um, anger in some years when we didn't get what we wanted, but honestly, I don't remember that. I just remember the excitement of getting to choose my ornament and waiting to see when my name would be pulled from the hat. I do think that my grandma also worked a little rotation at some point because she didn't want certain kids to always be chosen first, just luck of the draw, but it was a really fun way to do Christmas ornaments and to choose one that we liked each year. If you follow me on Instagram, my handle is 3in30podcast and I would love for you to find me there and to join our community there. But if you already follow me, then maybe this past week you saw the video that I did that was a Christmas tree tour where I went through and talked about some of my favorite ornaments on my tree. And one of the ornaments that I talked about in that video came from grandma's ornament tradition. This one makes me laugh every year when I pull it out and put it on my tree because there was this one ornament that sat on the table unpicked year after year after year when I was a teenager. And it was this ornate, ugly, pearly heel, like high heel that was a Christmas ornament. I have no idea where it came from or how it came to be on grandma's table of ornaments because she had great taste. All of her other ornaments were always super fun and beautiful. But that eyesore of a Christmas ornament just sat there year after year because none of us wanted it. It kind of became a joke that the high heel would just sit there year after year. So when I was a teenager, one year, I got the exciting honor of being chosen out of the hat to pick my ornament first. So everybody's waiting with bated breath to see which of the beautiful ornaments I will choose. And what did I choose? You guessed it. I walked right up there to the table, everyone watching and waiting, and I picked that pearly white, (laughs) high-heeled... ugly ornament and everybody burst out laughing and that's one of my favorite memories and one of my favorite ornaments to hang on my tree because it represents the laughter and the fun that we shared at Christmas time in my family so that's just one idea of a simple gift that you could do year after year with your families but it could be anything just something that's consistent and that's an anchor year after year that your kids can remember when they're grown the third takeaway is some sort of an activity that's maybe unique to your family that you do every year on Christmas or Christmas Eve. For my family, it was my grandpa's Tommy left and right game. And I know that's so random, I'll need to explain it. I don't know where my grandpa found this story or when exactly it started, but it started when I was young enough that I don't remember Christmas when we didn't do this. My grandpa has a story, a little short Christmas story about a boy named Tommy Wright and he's going to the store to pick out presents for all of his family for Christmas and we would all sit in a big circle and my grandparents had wrapped up candy bars and my grandpa would read this story and any time that he said the word "right," we would pass the the candy bar to the right and anytime that he said the word left we would pass it to the left and so within this story Tommy Wright went to the store and he found that he only had three dollars left to get the right present for each member of the right family you know so it's about five to ten minutes long and we would pass the candy bars we do it every single year and at the end you end up with a candy bar it's just really fun really quirky And something that is so my grandpa. In fact, for their, I believe, 50th wedding anniversary or some big milestone, I wrote a new version of the Tommy Wright story um, about them and their courtship that we used for that Christmas that year. I had Grampy read that and we all passed the candy bars right and left as he read the story of his own courtship in life with my grandma. Such a fun, simple tradition, and again, I will link that in the show notes to the podcast. If you're not sure how to access the show notes, um, if you're in a podcast app, if you, if you look at it, there's probably a link at the bottom that says episode webpage. You can click on that, and it will take you to all of the links and the things that I mentioned. You can also always send me a direct message, get a hold of me somehow, and I would be happy to send you these resources if you want to do your own Tommy right and left game with your family. So again, a simple kind of quirky activity or tradition that you do every year that your kids can look back on and remember. So those three takeaways are to have an anchor food, an anchor gift, even if it's as simple as an ornament and an anchor activity that is just totally you and your family. And I'm sure that there are many of you listening who are already do these things. And I would love to hear about your traditions as well. The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, 3in30podcast. And I genuinely want to hear from you. So comment, send me a direct message, tell me about your Christmas traditions. Let's learn from each other. Now, part two, the best part of the podcast... I'm going to have my grandparents on to talk a little bit about the memories that they have from when they were children growing up in small towns in Utah, what they remember about Christmases. When I initially asked them to be on, I asked my grandpa if he had ever done Skype or FaceTime because that's generally how I record with guests. And he's 88. (laughs) So you can imagine he... He wasn't quite sure about Skype or FaceTime. So I said, scratch that. I will just call you and I will figure out a way to record it. So that's what we ended up doing. And I love that you'll get to hear them fumbling with the phone and talking to each other. I just love them. And I think you're going to love them too. Stay tuned after their interview, which is about 15 minutes long. And I will be telling you about a Christmas present that I have for you that I'm really excited about and that I think you'll be excited about too. No strings attached, Christmas present, just something that I want to create to hopefully add more value to your listening experience with this podcast. So with no further ado, here are my adorable, wonderful, wise, amazing grandparents, Jack and Elaine Westover.
1: Hello, Grampy. Hello, Rachel. How are you this morning?
2: This morning, I'm the same, old and ugly, but contented.
1: <laughs> well, good. So, you're 88 years old, and today you're reaching a milestone in your life. You're recording your first podcast. Is How that does that something? feel? Yeah. Oh,
2: gee. That's a, just a highlight
1: of my whole life. <laughs> well, thank you for being my guest on my podcast today, and... um So as we're coming up on Christmas, I've been thinking about the the season and the holiday and the memories that our kids will one day treasure at this time of year. And I thought, who better to talk to than someone who's lived through a whole lot of Christmases. So I'm excited that I get to interview my own Grampy. Well,
2: we're happy you are. We don't um, remember too much at this age.
1: Well, you remember a lot more than you think. You are one sharp old man. I was wondering if you could start out by telling us where you grew up and a little bit about that.
2: I grew up in a little town called Farron. Well, I grew up in three different places. Farron was a town of about 300. Huntington, these are all in Utah, was a place of 900, the biggest town in the whole county. And then from the time I was 12 until graduated from high school, Pleasant Grove, which was a metropolis of 3,500, all in Pleasant Grove.
1: And that's where you met your lovely wife, Elaine?
2: It is. We went to junior high school and high school together.
1: And can you tell us about the first time, you, the story about when you saw Elaine and how you fell for her?
2: Oh, well, it wasn't Christmas.
1: <laughs> that's okay
2: kind of vague <laughs> we were we were in this, what seventh grade I guess she was in the same class as I was and I thought she was a I thought she was a hot gal
1: <laughs> and how long have you been married now
2: 66 years last
1: September and how many kids and grandkids and great grandkids you keep track of that anymore
2: Oh, yeah. We've had five children, one of whom we lost when he was just a couple of years old. We had four who survived and 13 grandchildren, of which you are one. Mm -hmm. And we've got 16 great-grandchildren now.
1: And a lot of us are going to be together for Christmas, which is pretty fun. Yes. So I was wondering if you could tell us... um, some Christmas memories from your early years growing up in those small towns in Utah?
2: Well, I suppose that Christmas in those small towns is about like it is in any town. We we decorated the, the trees and everything when, let's see, when we moved to Huntington when we were six years old. And... That was during the Depression. Nobody had anything, you know, but we didn't know that. Everybody was in the same boat, but we couldn't afford to buy a Christmas tree, but it was okay to just go out and and cut down Christmas trees wherever you wanted to back then. There wasn't a lot of people, and there was a lot of pine trees in the area. Mm -hmm. So my stepdad, my dad, you know, got killed when I was just a year old, and Mom married a, a, just a wonderful guy named Westover when and we were about two, three years old. Anyway, we were about five or six, Dell, and I, and he wanted us to have a Christmas tree even if he was sick with the mumps, so snow was pretty deep, and we had to go up into the hill to ways to get a Christmas tree, but he went up there sick as he was and cut down a Christmas tree and... And I remember him having a big scarf around his neck tied tight. So I used to think the mumps would go down if you didn't tie something around their neck so they wouldn't. But anyway, I can just vaguely so, remember him dragging that Christmas tree and carrying one of us at the same time. <laughs> he aw. must have been almost dying with being as sick as he was. But he did it. And he, mm-hmm. we had a good Christmas. We always had good Christmases. We used to get up really well. You used to see who was get up the earliest and go get the other kids in the neighborhood up, see each other's gifts, and have a a morning meal at somebody's place. We always had close friends. We did things with like that. Everybody tried to be the first ones up like 5.30 Mm -hmm. in the morning. Kids get up that early now, too, I guess.
1: Yeah, but I don't think, I haven't really heard of people now, like, involving their neighbors. So you would go and it would be more of like a community or like a neighbor? You'd have a meal with your neighbors, too?
2: If your neighbors had kids that you were friends with, just your own friends. (laughs) That's fun. We decorated the trees a little differently back then. I don't know if you've ever seen what they call icicles. To decorate trees with, they're strings of uh, like uh, like aluminum foil with just thin strings that kind of look like icicles. And you took those things and and spread them all on the on the limbs of the Christmas tree, so they kind of resembled icicles that were hanging down. Uh-huh. And Early on, the lights, the Christmas lights that we had were just candles that were little tiny candles that you had to light. They didn't have electric Christmas lights back then. Uh Uh-huh. So we we used to have fun decorating the tree with strings of popcorn, you know. You'd make a popcorn string. Have you done that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have done that.
2: Uh Uh-huh done
1: it with my kids how, too, uh, that. that's what we
2: used instead of tinsel. <clears throat> anything we could we could use that was attractive that didn't cost anything.
1: So tell me about your mother.
2: What my was she like? She was quite a remarkable woman. She was she was uh, I believe she was student body president of her high school, and she had quite a nice singing voice. She was a strong woman. She was 20, 22 years old when my dad, who was also 22 years old, got killed in a mine accident. and I was a year old and two days after my first birthday, my dad got killed, and mom was eight months pregnant, so a month wow. later she had another baby. and there she was, just a, just a kid herself with two little babies. And the depression going on. She wow. she made it through She used to. She was pretty strict with us. We just told the line. She always dressed us decent. A lot of the kids looked pretty shabby, but we always had to look decent.
1: Mhm. Uh-huh.
2: Remember, she used to tell us when we when we fouled up and do something wrong. She'd say, "You go down there by the river and get me a little switch." but she never used it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, if you had advice for a young mother like I am, after 88 years of living, what would be, you know, a couple bits of advice that you would have for a young mom today? Love
2: your kids. Don't don't yell
1: at them. Be
2: be reasonably strict, set some decent standards and hold them to it and just love them.
1: Well, that's what you've always done for me. You've always loved me and been a huge it part of my life. So well, I'm grateful. you are pretty
2: special to us. You, you kids have really made, into, made our life a great, a great deal happier than it would have been without you. And well, you've been through you. some real struggles and met them well. So we're
1: proud of you. Well, thank you, Grampy. So, can I talk to Granny now? You bet, Granny. Granny's getting on right now. All right, love you. Do I do
3: the same thing? Please.
1: Just talk to her. Hi,
3: Rachel. Hello,
1: Granny. How are you today? Turn off the speaker, Elaine.
3: Turn it off. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm fine. I can't, re- I'm so old I can't remember much about it. But one thing I, the first thing I thought about was dad owned the lumber yard and, and they heated the houses with coal, big mm-hmm. furnace coals. Uh, and uh, and uh, we always got a little black coal, piece of coal in our stock and that was just. Dad's joke for us that we've b- been meaning ended up with a little
1: uh, a little piece, piece of coal, coal.
3: <laughs> and the things I remember about it um, is for Christmas. I, one Christmas, I got a a violin. I was in the fourth grade, and I got a violin so I could start taking lessons and play my violin in a little orchestra at school. And another Christmas, I got my ice skates, and that's when I was in fourth grade, too. And mm-hmm. uh, the we would uh, even run out at recess and put our skates on because the firemen, uh, should I tell her about that? Uh, the firemen would come and uh, flood this area down at the bottom of the school grounds and we'd have skate uh, be able to run out at noon and run out at even recess and ska- skate and the whole town would come and use the ice pond. Wow, and, so fun. Uh, and you know, I was raised uh, uh, raised in it Born and raised in Pleasant Grove, and one of six six mm-hmm. children. I was the third girl, and then mm-hmm. there was a girl, boy, and a girl, and a boy, and uh, and uh, dad. We had a Shetland pony, and dad, in the winter, dad would ha- in the winter, dad had a little tiny sled made for us to, so that we could go out and uh, ride on the sled behind Dick and we do that on Christmas Day too and that was a,
1: oh, that's so fun. a real
3: surprise for us.
1: And uh, what else? And you've, you've <laughs> told me before um, something about puzzles. I can't hear uh, you. Oh, um. Did you have a tradition where you did puzzles on on Christmas? Uh-huh.
3: Your... We did a puzzle every Christmas, and Dad loved to play cards, and we played. Can you think of the card game we all played, Jack? And uh, I don't know if you'd want this. Uh, I had my I. What did my appendix out? On the 15th of December, and mm-hmm. they let me come home from the hospital on Christmas Eve if I didn't walk. Mm-hmm. And my sisters got me up at 5 o'clock and carried me in, into the Christmas tree,
1: Aww. and
3: uh the folks didn't hear us, and we ha- were having a ball. And it was in Pleasant Grove. It was, you, uh You had to get up earlier than all the neighborhood kids, and you it, you were a winner if you your lights were the first one to go on, on in our n- little neighborhood, and that was just a little silly thing, too. But
1: oh, that's so fun.
3: I'm I'm so old, I can't remember much about
1: <laughs> Well, I know you've told me before about doing puzzles with, I feel like you said, your sisters and your mother, and you guys would all stay up late, and you'd listen to yeah. them talk, the adults, you know, the your aunts and your mom talk. It's a beautiful time of year, isn't it? It, yeah, it sure is. Sure is. Yeah. If you have, do you have advice for a young mom like me? What advice do you have? Advice about what? About being a mother. Oh
3: dear. Well, just understand them and give them a chance. and Never yell at them, but be kind to them, and i well, I'm I'm not a good example
1: <laughs> <laughs> No you're um, a great example you're the best example you raised your 4 kids and now all your grandkids and great-grandkids you have a great posterity Yep yeah. <laughs> All right well merry christmas granny okay can't wait to see you in a few weeks love Very you excited. bye
0: Oh, I love them. Aren't they just the best? I am so looking forward to spending the next week with them for Christmas, which is why I will not be airing an episode next Monday, Christmas Day, because I just want to enjoy time with my family and not have any added stress during this next week or two. But I did create a Christmas gift for you that I am really excited about. One thing that I've wanted to do from the beginning of creating this podcast is to have a monthly email that I send out that is a recap of the three takeaways of each episode from that month because I don't know about you but when I listen to really good stuff I'm inspired and then I go on with my busy life and I kind of forget. So I thought that it could be a really useful resource for you to just have a one page PDF printable or you could save it however you want to use it at the end of every month that has the episode title and the guest and then their three takeaways so that you can look at that and think back on what you learned this past month and identify if there's any little goals you want to make or things you want to change and hopefully that can be a really valuable resource for you so if you want this Christmas gift all you have to do is go to my website and you'll see a place where you can sign up for that monthly email and this first one will be You know three months it'll be well the last 10 weeks um takeaways from the last 10 weeks and then after that it'll just be once a month I promise I'm not going to spam you just a once a month email with the recaps from the four episodes from that month so I really hope that that will be useful and that you will enjoy that my website is 3in30podcast.com and you'll see where to sign up there for that And if you can't figure out where to sign up, you can't find my website, just message me, get a hold of me any way you can, and I would be happy to send that resource to you. I hope that you have a wonderful week this next week with your family, with your kids off school, building memories, making traditions, connecting generations. It really is a beautiful time of year and I hope that you enjoy it to the fullest. I also have two little kids here who wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you on Monday, January 1st for the first episode of 2018. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a happy new year. Bye-bye.